The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe for this Wednesday, the 24th of May in London. Coming up today. The very visible hand. Chancellor in waiting, Rachel Reeves tells us about her plan for a more activist state. On the brink or brinksmanship, a US debt deal remains elusive as negotiations resume. Rate expectations. The Bundesbank president says several more ECB hikes will be needed. Plus, ouch couture. The LVMH stock route wipes $11 billion off Bernard Arnault's fortune. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. On Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Stephen Carroll. And I'm Caroline Hepke. Here are the stories that we're following today. Labour's Shadow Chancellor Rachel Reeves is planning a supply-side intervention if her party takes power. The former Bank of England economist turned politician told the Bloomberg UK Politics podcast geopolitical risk demands a more active state. The world has changed and there's an emerging global consensus building about security, resilience and strength about trading with countries that share our values and protecting our national security and our national economic security. Reeves's plan would be a step change from the current governments, which says that they'd avoid, wish to avoid a subsidy race with the United States. We'll have more of that interview with the Shadow Chancellor in just a moment. In the United States, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has told Republicans that debt limit talks still have some distance to go. This, as one of his chief negotiators said, that there are no more meetings planned with the White House on the issue. Republican Vice Chair of the House Financial Services Committee, French Hill, says that there's still time for an agreement. No one wants to default on the Treasury securities. No one's proposing to do that. But uh, unfortunately, Congress uses a deadline. And so, like John Boehner told us years and years ago, Congress moves very slowly (laughs) until it doesn't. And so we're working on this deadline and we want to get a deal that's responsible and sensible, raises the debt ceiling, but curtails the avalanche of spending. French Hill was speaking to Bloomberg's balance of power. The impasse increases the likelihood the House and Senate will both vote on any deal next week. There are mere hours before June 1st then, the date the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has warned the US could run out of money. 
The European Central Bank will need more interest rate increases to bring inflation under control. That's according to Joachim Nagel, one of the central bank's most hawkish rate setters. Speaking in Berlin, the Bundesbank chief warned that, quote, several rate hikes will still be necessary to reach a sufficiently restricted level. The ECB is in the midst of its most aggressive tightening cycle ever and will likely hike by a quarter point at its next two meetings. The EU and US are looking to align investment controls for sensitive technologies in countries like China. According to a draft statement, the partners will seek to align their approaches to prevent capital, expertise and knowledge from supporting the technological advances of strategic rivals, in quotes. The discussions come at a difficult time for Beijing's ties with Western nations. But China's new ambassador to the US, Xi Feng, says that he's keen to improve ties between the world's two largest economies. At present, uh, Sino-US relations is facing serious difficulties and challenges. We hope that the United States will work together with China to increase dialogue, to manage differences and also to expand our cooperation so that our relationship will be back to the right track. Xi Feng's note of optimism comes as President Biden said that he expects ties to improve very shortly, signalling a possible thawing of relations between the US and China. Now, the world's richest person, Bernard Arnault, has seen $11.2 billion wiped off his fortune over concerns that a softening US economy will dampen demand for luxury goods. Shares in LVMH, the firm he founded, fell amid a broader decline that erased around $30 billion from the European luxury sector. Don't feel too sad for Arno. Even with the sell-off, the French billionaire still has a net worth of $191.6 billion. Well, those are a few of our top stories then for you uh, this morning. Uh, Yeah, I just note that there are issues around uh, luxury sales to China, but also to the US. Um, Morgan Stanley organised a big luxury conference in Paris and talked uh, there and flagged the idea of a relatively more subdued performance in the US. So that was the big issue that drove a lot of European uh, stocks yesterday. A couple of other thoughts, though, for you. Apparently, London workers are going to the office now for less than half a week. It is a really significant change. Apparently, the return to office is stalled. I was surprised by this because it does seem busy here yeah. in the city of London. Like, yes, Fridays are quieter, definitely and, and noticeably. But, you know, certainly the, the Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, choose your own acronym, <laughs> yes. um, is the... Is the um, yeah. It certainly seems to represent Busy. that there's quite a lot of... Look, I there. don't have to shove my way onto the tube platform. So that is uh, tells me everything that I need to know. And it's true if you look at the data, right? Exits from underground stations in central London are at about 70% of the levels pre-pandemic. So that's the 30% drop mm. is there and it has stayed there. The other... Um, issue also to mention is a really interesting and quite worrying write-up for the NHS. Waiting lists are pushing more Britons into private healthcare. We sort of knew this at the end of last year, right? Mm -hmm. The number of people paying for insurance, private health insurance, suddenly soared. But now people are actually prepared also to pay for inpatient ops. There's been a big jump in that. Yeah, and that's something that uh, this is data from the Private Healthcare Information Network written up by our colleague Lisa Pham. It's, It's showing 
that look that people are f- trying to find a way around those long waiting lists more than 7 million people waiting for treatment in England we knew that the NHS is under huge pressure and people are, are having to fork out to try and get around it for, for things that are you know the, the likes of hip replacements and surgeries like that are, are among the most popular yeah absolutely okay so those are a few of the issues then facing the UK well uh, on the political front if opinion polls are to be believed Rachel Reeves is Britain's Chancellor in waiting. She is setting out Labour's economic vision later today in Washington, D.C. Perhaps she'll mention the NHS. You never know. A key plank, though, of Labour's plan is state intervention to grow key industries, something that Reeves is calling securonomics. We spoke to her on the Bloomberg UK Politics podcast. Reeves told Lizzie Burden and I that Britain needs to change to match an uncertain world. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. At the moment in the UK, that link between hard work and fair reward for too many families has been broken. And at the same time, our national economy is being buffeted around by a series of shocks to the global economy, but finding it harder than others to recover uh, from those crises. And Securonomics is an approach that builds on the contributions of more people in more parts of Britain and with a a more secure national economy, uh, taking advantage of some of the big opportunities, but also ensuring our resilience, our strength and our security to give families that security that they desperately crave right now. How are you going to change the idea, though, that Britain is closed for business? Well, part of the reason for me being in New York uh, this week is to send the message loud and clear that with Labour, Britain will very much be open for business. I recognise the challenges that the UK economy uh, has gone through these last few years and also the political uncertainty. Three prime ministers and four chancellors last year, a botched Brexit deal that is not working uh, for British businesses or families and I am determined to put Britain back on a path where we're not just getting through but we're thriving and seizing the opportunities that are out there by working in partnership with business to secure those jobs in the industries of the future, good jobs, paying decent wages, offering that the security for families and that security for our national economy that we can be strong again. So you mentioned the botched Brexit deal. Does that mean you'd look again at rejoining the customs union and single market? Labour have been very clear. With a Labour government, we would not be rejoining the European Union, the single market or customs union. 
But there are practical changes to the Brexit deal that the Conservatives did uh, a, a couple of years ago to make it easier for British businesses to trade and export uh, to our nearest neighbours and trading partners. And it's one of the things that I've been talking to financial services firms here in New York about because there are many things about the current deal that is not working well enough uh, for businesses and investors and as a result is shortchanging us as a national economy. And so when that trade and cooperation uh, agreement with the European Union comes up uh, for um, some uh, um, uh, opportunities to make changes in 2025 with Labour in government, we'll be using that as an opportunity to fix some of those uh, gaps. Uh, for example, uh, for our services sector, we want to secure the recognition of professional qualifications. We want our universities to be able to participate in the European Horizon scheme. We want a veterinary deal to reduce some of those backlogs at the border. And we want to help our cultural industries uh, to tour around Europe without the bureaucracy and the red tape that they face right now. We have huge potential as an economy in the UK, so many opportunities uh, to invest and grow, but we must seize those. And that includes sorting out some of the things that are holding us back because of that botched Brexit deal. What makes you think that the EU, the European Union, would negotiate in such a way, would look favourably on the UK? Isn't this just tinkering around the edges? Well, for the last, uh, well, um, since 2015, really, there has been an antagonistic relationship between Britain and the European Union. And Labour are determined to uh, normalise those relationships with our nearest neighbours and trading partners. Uh, we recognise the importance of European countries as export markets, but also the security partnership uh, between European uh, countries. And we believe, and through discussions that we have had with European leaders and ambassadors, that we can uh, build on that relationship, build on the uh, negotiations and the deal that was secured a couple of years ago, but make it work now for British businesses and the British economy, but also make it work better for the European Union, because Britain remains a big export market Rachel, for European countries. Rachel, can I interrupt countries. you and make the point that... Um, this is the message that has been given to the UK from government and from shadow leadership for years now. Why do you think that things are going to be different in the future and that this is going to suddenly be possible? Business doesn't believe it now. Well, actually, when I speak to businesses, they are desperate to see um, improvements to that trading relationship with Europe. And they are desperate to see a more normal relationship between Britain and our nearest neighbours and trading partners. And European capitals want to see that as well. And that is what you would get with a Labour uh, government. We would uh, treat our European counterparts with uh, respect uh, and we would work in partnership to fix some of these holes in the Brexit deal that was secured. There are a number of areas that were entirely missed out from uh, that Brexit deal. Uh, and we're determined to make sure it will work for the UK economy, for British businesses. But there are also ways to improve on that deal, to make it work better for other European countries as well. Just lastly, uh, Shadow Chancellor, Keir Starmer says that he is relaxed about people being filthy rich. Are you? 
look, we want to see more wealth and prosperity in uh, Britain. And uh, I, I, I want to attract investors. I want businesses to uh, succeed and to make good profits uh, to uh, ensure that we thrive as an economy. And under Kia's leadership and with me as a shadow chancellor, and I hope the chancellor in the next uh, Labour government, uh, that we are a proudly pro-business party, uh, proud of the wealth, the jobs, the opportunities that businesses and entrepreneurs uh, can create. Uh, and we will do everything we can to make Britain that best place to start and grow a business. Coming back round, though, to the Securonomics presentation that you're giving in the US, it also sounds like Labour is a significantly more interventionist government, if it were to come to power, than the past 13 years under Conservative rule. Well, Securonomics is all about recognising the ways in which the world has changed. When I started my career at the Bank of England uh, just over two decades ago, uh, the idea of two superpowers, the US and China, uh, being in tension uh, uh, was uh, not foreseen. Uh, R Russia's invasion of another European country uh, could not have been foreseen. And the challenges of the climate emergency uh, were uh, far from the centre of the political or economic agenda. So the world has changed and there's an emerging global consensus building about uh, security, resilience and strength, about trading uh, with countries that share our values and protecting our national uh, security and our national economic security. Securonomics is about helping families uh, have that stability and security in their lives to ensure that that link between hard work and fair reward is, um, uh, uh, is brought back, but also about securing our yes. national economy so that we are more resilient in the face of the shocks uh, that we have been exposed to these last few years and will surely be exposed to in the future too. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.